Hello and welcome to episode number 54 of Modern Art is Rubbish. Are you alright Tom? Yes, I'm good thanks Marcus. Yeah, I'm good as well. Still isolated, which is no surprise to anyone probably. Yeah, well it looks like uh, we've got to get used to this new way of life. Yeah, well I've been getting a lot less professional because we normally do it in the studio of course as everyone knows. So, uh, recording at a distance, I'm in Colchester and you're uh, in Brighton there, aren't you? Yeah, but we're still the same distance away from our respective microphones. Oh, I don't know. I've, I've moved a little bit further away. I'm keeping my social distancing from my microphone in case it's been out shopping without me knowing. Yeah, don't go too near Mike. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, I know a Mike who's really badly behaved, um, but we won't go there. Okay. <laughs> In terms of how he deals with coronavirus, I'd just like to say... Is he an artist? No, he's not. And it's not... I, for the record, it's not friend of the show, Mike Barrett, the artist. Okay, it's not Mike Barrett. Yes, yeah, let's just make that clear. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, um, I was thinking about the idea of isolation. I was uh, looking on the, on, the, on the internet and uh, I thought... Actually, uh, I quite like the work, artwork of John Lennon. So I've picked John Lennon for today, and particularly his isolation piece, where they uh, lock themselves in a hotel room for two weeks. So we'll be talking about that as well, him and Yoko Ono. Yeah, I mean, isolation's a bit of a stretch. They were surrounded by journalists, weren't they? Yes, yes. So there was, was a lot of isolation, but very little social distancing. Yeah. <laughs> so I've taken a little look and seen what I could find other sort of John Lennon arty kind of stories and anecdotes. Great. Yeah. Uh, randomly, I was uh, reading the uh, Elton John biography and um, Elton John was saying about him and John Lennon in New York uh, when they actually hid inside their apartment because Andy Warhol was knocking on the front door and uh, John Lennon was telling Elton John not to answer it, don't answer it, don't answer it because apparently Andy Warhol had his camera and he loved taking photographs uh, at that time of everyone. And John Lennon just didn't want him coming in taking loads of photographs of him. Yeah, very sensible. Imaginative. Yeah. Have you ever heard from any artists? Well, from Andy Warhol? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah no. <laughs> I've never... I don't think I've ever had to hide from artists before. No. <laughs> Would you hide from Andy Warhol if he came round your house, though? And he had a camera and he was going to take loads of photos of you? Um... I, yeah, I don't think I'd need to hide. I mean, I don't think he'd come round and take pictures of me, to be honest. Right. He'd have to reanimate, wouldn't he, from the dead first and then know who we are. We, I'm sure he'd listen to Modern Art. It's rubbish, though, wouldn't he? Uh, uh, yeah, maybe. I'm not sure. <laughs> he, he wouldn't really know what a podcast was, would he? Or? Oh, no. I don't suppose if he was to come back from beyond the grave, he would suddenly like know what podcasts were was his first thought. Oh, right, yeah. I don't know what would be thinking. Get some soup down my neck. Yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, not quite a biog, because I'm, you know, in my isolation, I'm getting very unprofessional not being in a studio. But um, just to start off with, John Lennon went to art school at the age of 17 and he didn't really fit in. He was a bit of a rebel. And I think... 
art schools at those time weren't quite the revolutionary institutions of sort of free expression that they became in the sort of early 70s. I think they were quite staid when he went there, so it's probably quite academic. So probably not to his liking. It wasn't like, didn't really allow him to express himself. So he didn't really get on well with that. Cool, yeah. yeah. So... I've been looking at his work and he's done a lot of drawings. Very interesting style. I think his work is not unlike uh, the artist Quentin Blake, who did the illustrations for a lot of the Roald Dow books. And currently he does it for, what's his name? Who's David Williams? Oh, OK, yeah. Yeah, so he does those. I think uh, John Lennon's work's actually quite accomplished and, and quite humorous and interesting. They're quite good, good drawings. Now... To talk about John Lennon, you really can't separate him from Yoko Ono. We talked about Yoko Ono quite a lot in our Fluxus episode, didn't we, Tom? So. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, you can't separate him from Yoko Ono. You can't also separate him from the music he made. No, no, And absolutely. was part of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, if anyone's not listened to our Fluxus episode, I'd recommend listening to that, perhaps even before you listen to this episode. Uh, now, just the idea, Fluxus was a uh, a movement that sprung out of the 1960s, of which Yoko Ono was in the forefront of. And um, the idea of Fluxus was a lot, it was all about play and the idea that we are, you know, just by living and being people, you know, and just going about our lives, it's art. It's, it had a very sort of childlike sense of play and everything we do is art. Even this podcast as we speak is art, Tom. Yep. Yeah. Great. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how much it will sell for, but there you go. So, when did they first meet? I hear you asking. Yeah, when did uh, John first meet Yoko? Funny you asked that, Tom. 1966. Basically, Yoko Ono was having a, an exhibition, and John Lennon uh, was invited to see it by a friend. And she didn't know who he actually was when he walked in there. Um, and she had various of her pieces, and one of her pieces was about uh, was an instructional piece where you were asked to hammer a nail into a canvas. Once the canvas was full of nails, the work was actually completed. And what John Lennon did was he actually asked if he could hammer a nail into the artwork, and she said, uh, well, it'll cost, I think it was about five shillings at the time, uh, it'll cost you money. And John Lennon didn't have any money on him, so... Uh, what he did was he asked if he could nail an imaginary nail into the canvas and she said yeah that's fine with an imaginary hammer perfect yeah so that's kind of like an art piece in itself very much in the style of Yoko Ono and the other piece that apparently won John Lennon over was a piece that she did which was um, involved a stepladder and what you did was you walked up the stepladder and on the ceiling was tiny writing and a magnifying glass. And when you look through the magnifying glass, you could see the words, yes, written on the ceiling. So what I think is it's quite a positive piece. You know, if you look in places and you look hard enough, you'll always see something positive. That's what it says to me. And when John Lennon looked at it, he said he was very pleased to see the word yes and not the word no. Yeah. And he said if he'd seen the word no, he wouldn't have probably been interested in her all right yes don't let andy warhol in no don't say anything elton (laughs) (laughs) so that was how they first met now a really interesting piece which we talked about at the start i think it's very relevant to talk about it and it's in so happened in 1969 
John Lennon and Yoko Ono decided to do a two-week-long bed-in for peace in the honeymoon suite in the Amsterdam Hilton. I'm sure you probably know about this one, Tom, don't you? Well, they did too, didn't they? They did it Amsterdam and then Montreal. Yes, yeah. So what the idea was, was to highlight the idea of peace and to raise the profile. I think it's almost a performance art piece as well, because what they did was they stayed in bed, they sat in their pyjamas and they just invited journalists in from all over the world to, uh, to highlight this issue. They also produced lots of artworks and drawings as well. And, in- and Give give Peace a Chance was recorded in the hotel room in Montreal. Oh, yes, they sang songs of peace and everything. And what was really interesting, I think this is something that's a p- parallel with today, because they didn't talk about revolution for peace, so they didn't talk about fighting the establishment. It was about accepting we all have our part to play in the bad stuff in society as well as the good stuff. And it was about changing your perception and changing who you are. And that's what they were trying to do. It was it was getting people to change and say that peace is as can be as inevitable as war. And at the time, this was I mean, again, at the time when they did it in 69, you know, it was near the height of the Vietnam War. So there was a lot of protesting and it's quite interesting because I don't know if you think, but I think there's a lot of possibility of change and a lot of kindness. And I'm certainly think at the moment there's a lot of a lot more peace going on than there has been previously in the world. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So I was really interested in that kind of concept of this piece. Um, I don't think it actually did uh, affect much uh, change at the time. I don't think there was... I mean, of course, there was a lot of uh, peaceful protests going on, but I think certainly it it highlighted the possibility and it's something that we're seeing at the moment. So I like that piece as a piece of artwork. And also, there's a really good documentary on it and I'll see if I can find a link to it. Well, those years of him first meeting Yoko had quite a profound effect on his musical output. I think for the better. It was very experimental and free, I think, a lot of his music. Yeah, he became much cooler. Yeah, oh, we like that. We like cool John Lennon. Now, are you up for some controversy, just to finish off, Tom? Oh, please, yeah. Yeah, well, in 1970, John Lennon held uh, an exhibition of his sketches in a London art gallery. And it was an exhibition of drawings that celebrated his bed-ins that they did. And they were sketches showing him and Yoko in loving poses, exchanging rings, being together. But also some of them were quite uh, quite erotic in nature, Tom. Is that how you would describe them? Yeah, I guess they're like a female subjects like out of a porn magazine from the old days or something well, yeah kind of saucy but 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 i think quite humorous and loving as well and there's pictures of uh yoko ono doing uh solo things i think that would be well, dis- m- masturbating yes you said it yeah um, <laughs> I don't know why I'm getting embarrassed. I am a grown-up, but I, I turn into a 13-year-old when we talk about things like this. Um, yeah, so, but, I mean, looking at them, were you shocked when you saw them? Did you think, oh, my God, this is shocking? Or did you just think they're just nice drawings? Um, no, I wasn't shocked or anything. I just looked at them and said, oh, yes, that's, like, 
that looks like a from a, copied from a porn magazine. That's what was my first thought. Oh, what well, have you been looking at John Lennon and Yoko Ono porn magazines? No, I, well, I've seen uh, they did a naked picture on an album cover. Yeah, didn't I know. They? A lot of people got really shocked by that at the time, didn't they? It was, it's ridiculous. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, I, they did. Yeah, I mean, it was, it's actually listened to some of the. Uh, some of the journalists when they were talking about the bedding piece and they were being quite I don't know just just seemed really childish in their sort of questions and attitudes because Yoko did a film called Bottoms didn't she oh did she oh my god I don't want to see that that sounds a bit bit racy yeah so it had in the film I think it had just lots of different people's bottoms oh my god well so you weren't offended by this were you Uh, no I wasn't offended by it but Nancy Creer walked into there with her husband and she was shocked when she saw this exhibition. And this is a, a matter of public record. She saw these and she actually made a, uh, a complaint to the police. All right, interesting. Yeah. Now, we've come, up, we've come across artists having complaints against them before in Dada, haven't we? Yes. And they got, they got shut down, didn't yeah, they, they, briefly? Yeah, they got shut down for, for some of the language used. So I'm just, like, linking John Lennon to Dada here. Yeah, and, of course, the controversy of The Christmas Tree by Paul McCarthy. Not Paul McCartney, Paul McCarthy. There was a lot of complaints about that. Oh, right, yeah, the butt plug. I'll put a link to a video, so if you've not seen that, um, you listening, you can uh, check that one out as well and find out what the controversy was. Well, no, it was a Christmas tree, but people complained because it looked like a butt plug. Yeah. Even though it was enormous. Yes. Oh, dear. <laughs> well, Nancy <laughs> Creer would not be impressed by this, and she wouldn't be listening to this podcast. So anyway, this is actually a matter <coughs> of public record. When Nancy Creer uh, went to the police, she actually made this statement, and this is actually her words, and she said, I'm going to do my Nancy Creer voice as well. When I first saw the picture on the firewall, I was stunned. I couldn't believe what I was looking at. I went on and looked at two or three more. I went on the other wall and I could not stay in the gallery any longer. Now, can I ask, madam, have you been smoking marijuana? (laughs) (laughs) No. (laughs) So she, she apparently, she turned to her husband and her husband said, you've been blushing. And uh, apparently she turned bright red. So she had to get out. She was so upset. So what happened was the police decided under the Obscenity Act of 1839, they actually raided the premises and removed uh, several of the drawings. That's quite an old act. So the act was dated over 100 years earlier, 130 years previous. Yes, so... Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like using something that's really anarchic to try and stop something that's contemporary. Now, there is a belief, you know, the fact that it was John Lennon and they they tried with the Rolling Stones, didn't they, in the 60s to get them on, what was it, public urination and smoking a few joints? Oh, right, yeah, there was, wasn't there a certain police officer who, who liked the celebrity of arresting celebrities? Yes. so I don't know if this is the same thing. But... The gallery owner was quite surprised because he was thinking, you know, you could. Why aren't they raiding places in Soho now? Soho in in the UK, for those of you not from here, is a kind of like a red light district. It used to be where a lot of the uh, pornographic blue movie showing cinemas were, and uh, all, a lot of sex shops were. 
and uh, they never raided those so it kind of felt like it was an attack on John Lennon so this actually did go to court um, oh, can I just say um, the uh, police officer was Norman Pitcher Norman Pitcher <laughs> sorry Norman Pilcher Norman Pilcher yeah, who arrested uh, all the celebs in the 60s oh, really? on drugs charges. I don't know yeah. if this was Norman Pilcher behind this, but he does sound like someone would be offended, doesn't he, Norman Pilcher? Well, people used to call him Nobby. <laughs> Did they? <laughs> yeah. I thought that's what they call footballers. That sounds like a footballer name. But ironically, Nobby sounds a bit innuendo itself, doesn't it, really? Yeah, no, I don't know if it was him who, uh, who was involved in this in this he, incident. I believe it wasn't. But they did try to prosecute him. Now, they initially tried to prosecute under the obscenity laws. But basically, the public prosecutor rejected this notion because they were actually quite concerned. There's a lot of classical works, a lot of famous artworks that would be considered offensive as well. Sure, yeah. These were to be deemed the same. So that was actually rejected. They, however, did manage to take it to court. And John Lennon was uh, was prosecuted under a Metropolitan Police Act, which was about distributing uh, indecent images, and that was actually thrown out of court. Now, at the time, a lot of people thought, "Oh, you know, it's just John Lennon getting a bit of publicity for his work," you know. But the work, so as we said before, is actually pretty good, and it does have a lot of artistic merit. Cool. So there was nothing further done, and and the work's now being regularly shown at lots of galleries. And there's been no prosecutions. Yeah. Yeah. Now, a short advertisement break. At home with the careers. What is this? What is this filth? What is this? This this filthy turtle print. I've never been so upset and offended in all my life. How did you get hold of this? Well, Nancy Darling, I downloaded it from modernartistrubbish.com by signing up to the mailing list. Oh, my God! Well, I'm not having this! Give it to me! Give it to me! There! You're not looking at it anymore! I've ripped it up! Oh, and I forgot to mention, darling, you can print off as many copies as you like. I'm getting out of here! I've never been so offended! So, just head over to modernartisrubbish.com and subscribe to our email list to get your free artwork and to be updated on the latest Modern Art is Rubbish news. So, that ends our little uh, John Lennon chat. Tom, have you got anything to add? Um, all we're saying is give peace a chance. Yeah, very nice. And uh, everyone, I hope everyone's keeping their distance. Um, don't keep distance from the podcast, of course. You can... Be in touch with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Yeah, but if you do uh, sign up to the mailing list yeah. on modernartisrubbish.com yeah. to download the free high-definition art print, you download it and don't open it for three days. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so just bye, Tom. All right, then. Bye. Bye.